The Word is for everyone. It's alive and active, filled with wisdom, truth, and hope. Understanding and interpreting its pages can seem overwhelming, but this podcast is here to help. This is Unschooled and Ordinary. Well, what's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Unschooled and Ordinary Podcast. Hold on, hold on, hold on. (laughs) Ben, what are you doing? Man, you stepped away momentarily. (laughs) Ben, take some replacement. Welcome back, Tyler. No, 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 stop. We're starting over. Like you always say, go ahead. We're starting over. Yo, what's poppin' podcast people? Welcome (laughs) back to the Unschooled and Ordinary Podcast. It's so good to have you today. I've been waiting to say that for so long. That felt more right. Yeah, we're glad you're back, Tyler. Welcome back. How was it last week? You know, it was a little sad without you, but we did survive. Do what you gotta do. Yeah, you know. (laughs) You know. We made it through. (laughs) Ben says he can't remember anything that we talked about last week because he was so nervous. Ben blacks out sometimes. He does, yeah. Just totally forgets everything that happens. Yeah. Until Thursday morning when I hit play. And then he's like, oh, yeah, In I fear. did say some good things. <laughs> so uh, where are we at today? Where are we going? Romans chapter 12 is where we'll be. Romans chapter 12. I feel like we've covered the best chapter every week. And then here we are saying, another best. Chapter. man, this is probably the best one. <laughs> If we make it past the first two verses, I'll be impressed with us. <laughs> There's a lot, guys. I guess we better jump in and buckle find out. Up. Buckle up. And if you're driving, you should be You should already, already be buckled. <laughs> All right. Y'all ready to read? Yes. Am I just doing one and two to start? We should have decided this already. Yeah, let's do that. Okay. <laughs> I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Mm. Told you, we're not going to make it far. (laughs) (laughs) Who, Who wants to go ahead and add to that? Well, let's start with my favorite thing. As Brandy always says, I've been waiting for this. I like that. Um, There's a therefore, so we can't skip over that. And so I just thought it was really cool to, you know, think about all of the things that we have learned about God to this point in Romans. And, you know, he's just pointing us, Paul is pointing us back to all of the things that we know about God, how he has been merciful to us. And he's saying, because of those things that you know to be true about God, therefore, now present your body as a living sacrifice. So I think that's one of those things that would be easy to miss because it's just a verse one, but it's probably the most important part and we can't skip that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just the thought of God's mercy. Like, you wouldn't believe this, but sometimes I get very prideful. It's like, man, look Mm. at what I just did. Yeah, Mm, That was good. But God's got a way of being so gracious to me to remind me of the fool that I really am. (laughs) 
put so eloquently. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, hold on, time out. Don't forget the mercy of God yeah. in your life. And Paul's, Paul's setting this up to say, hey, we need to remember that in everything we do, we need to run it through the view of God's mercy to remember who we are and remember who we were before his grace in our lives. And I think that next part where it talks about offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, sometimes we can read that and just assume that it's like our bodies and in the physical form, you know, but we forget of what all that includes. I mean, that's your mind, that's your heart, that's your emotions, that's your will, that's your soul, that's everything that you are to be presented to him. And it flows so perfectly into the next part about why we should and the effect that our mind really does have on us. The mind is a scary place. It's a powerful place. I don't think that we give it enough thought. I spent a lot of time on the living sacrifice part too, um, which I never had before, but just multiple things reminded me that, you know, in the Old Testament sense of a sacrifice, there was something that was brought alive and then had to die. But we are coming as a living sacrifice, and we're not going to die physically like you're talking about, but we do have to die spiritually, but it's going to be a continual sacrifice because Mm -hmm. it is still a living sacrifice. And I just never thought about it that way before, so I thought that was interesting. Mm -hmm. I thought about, like, you know, the living sacrifice, if it's a goat or a lamb or something. They're just out there squirming. Like, no, I don't want it to happen. I feel like that's me sometimes. It's yeah. like, I know I need to. Mm-hmm. I know this is for my good. But I'm just- well, and it's not a one and done. Like, it's a daily, everyday mm-hmm. living sacrifice. And we wake up every day squirming. And you would think that we would eventually learn, but hmm, not yeah. so much. Back to Romans 8 with the mind being governed by the flesh or mm-hmm. the spirit. Like that is a daily battle yes. where we have to choose where our minds are going to be set. Ben, what you thinking about so hard over there? <laughs> just really enjoying listening. <laughs> I really I thought you had a deep thought. <laughs> no, I, re- I was really just enjoying listening to y'all, like nodding in agreement of all, all of the things. A kindred spirit. Um, yeah. Of all of the things that you were saying, but I mean, you took the words out of my mouth, the, the living sacrifice, the daily decision to lay aside my desires um to follow him wholly uh, just a, a the daily decision that that is yeah so up until this point we are to uh, live our lives in view of god's mercy understanding how good he has been to us and as a result of that we are willingly laying down our selfish desires mm-hmm. and then we go into verse two Yeah, the do not be conformed part. That's where we could stay for a little while, I feel like, for sure. I will say um, the most interesting part to me in this was the word transformed. And I was led over to, so I was reading and it said, hey, that word in the original language was only ever used one other time. And that was in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. So it says, we are being transformed into the image, into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the spirit. And I think the thing that stopped me the most there was um, I've talked to a lot of people about what it means to transform your mind. 
And it can seem really overwhelming when you just tell me like, hey, your mind has to be transformed. But when I put that side by side with the Second Corinthians verse, it gives me just that piece of the reminder that the transformation comes through the spirit. Mm-hmm. And this is a lesson, y'all, I feel like we say this every week, but that it's nothing that we can do. And I don't know why we put so much pressure on ourselves that we have to be the ones that transform. And that sounds too hard, and I can't, and I'll never be good enough. And once again, here's the reminder of, that's right, you won't be. It comes through the Spirit, and we have to allow the Spirit to do that work. That's right, because we we cannot change our desires. Um we're responsible for what we sow, mm-hmm. and then the Lord is responsible for what we reap. Well, it, and even hearing you talk about that, Brandy, about like the pressure that we can put on ourselves, that I can put on myself to strive to achieve. Mm-hmm. As you're talking about it, I'm thinking about like, oh, that's a pattern of this world. Mm-hmm. It's easy for me to conform to and not even recognize it, that even in the midst of... <laughs> Um, aiming to trans for my mind to be transformed, it's overlaid with the pattern of the world of achievement, and I can do this myself. Right. And there's just a lot of peace and freedom in knowing that it's in the work of the Holy Spirit, mm. um, that it's a process, right? Renewing my mind like it doesn't just it doesn't doesn't just happen, but degree by degree, like yeah. you said, it's a process that we're always in process and in, in working. It also communicates that my mind can, is formed, right? Like that mm-hmm. there are pathways and thought patterns and um, um, Brandy, you you know better about that terminology than I do. <laughs> but it's an ever cha- <laughs> but it, but it's a changing yeah. my mind and my brain is a thing that forms into something. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 the renewal process of that can take time. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's pretty remarkable how um, how wise the scripture is in all scripture, really. But right here, where it says be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So there was a study done um, several years back where it observed taxi cab drivers. And, you know, if if you've ever been in the taxi world, I have not. We don't have taxis in Wiggins. (laughs) That's hard to believe. (laughs) I feel like it's a pretty high-stress environment, though. Yes, absolutely. And there is a part of your brain that controls your emotions, your amygdala, I believe is what it's called. Mm -hmm. And from the study, they found that Taxi cab drivers, their amygdala is bigger than the rest of just the average population, mm-hmm. meaning they're, they're more prone to get angry and frustrated quicker, so on and so forth. Their emotions are like hot-wired, mm-hmm. just on the go, uh, due to neuroplasticity is the word for that. And it, it just goes to show like God's word 2,000 years ago before, you know, science was the best thing out mm-hmm. is saying, look... Your mind can be transformed. And this, this study went to show that, like, yeah, literally, like your, your brain grows or shrinks or, you know, is molded based off of the environment that you're in. Mm-hmm. Is that not like fascinating? That I do. is crazy. Um, I like the word choice in that verse, too, of pattern. Because when you think of any pattern that you see, it's repetitive. I mean, mm-hmm. it's... 
you can trace it. You know what's coming next. It's very clear. And so anything that we can get caught up in in the world, if we took any amount of time to study the impact that it's had in people's lives for good or bad, you see the same pattern. Like the unhealthy habits that we get into, Mm -hmm. they're going to lead to the same results of some sort. But the same goes for God's Word. So when you're renewing and transforming your mind, that same pattern exists if you choose the pattern of following God's word, the way he spells it out so clearly for us and, and, and live like these first two verses are telling us, you know, in view of God's mercy, offering your bodies as a living sacrifice, not conforming to the things that we know are bad for us, but transforming our mind in the way set forth before us. The same holds true for the pattern of God's word and what he wants for our lives. So it's not something that we should, I guess, live from and be surprised when bad things happen when you sow bad habits or mm-hmm. good things that happen whenever you sow God's word. Yeah, and that's why it's so good to have wise counsel in your life because outside looking in, you can you can see a train wreck coming from a mile away. It's like, whoa, you dummy, what'd you think was going to... You <laughs> yeah. thought good was going to come from this? Mm-hmm. But when it's us, we can't see it. Yeah. And that's why it's important to have wise counsel. I'll add one more thing <laughs> that I was thinking about. Um, going back to kind of the patterns of the world that you don't that we don't even realize, and for so long my my walk with Jesus was just is it relegated? Is that the right word? That is a word. Okay, we'll go, maybe keep we'll, we'll yeah. go with it. Keep going with I'm it. I'm gonna find out. I'm on it. Relegated <laughs> to like like behavioral modification. You know what I mean? And and um, not conforming to the patterns of this world where externally behaviors look different, right? But true transformation, the scripture's telling us, is coming from the renewal of our mind, mm-hmm. right? Because I can externally, man, there's some things I can stay away from, but if my mind's not renewed, and then there's going to be some heart issues that come from that too. And I know you have been waiting for me to read from my commentary, so <laughs> yep. that's what I'm going to do says it is possible to avoid most worldly customs and still be proud, covetous, selfish, stubborn, and arrogant. Only when the Holy Spirit renews, re-educates, and redirects our minds are we truly transformed. Um, so, Angie, I think it was you that started the conversation earlier about, like, our minds are powerful things. Very scary place. Well, it also <laughs> made me think about, is it the um, is it the Sermon on the Mount? <laughs> Where Jesus also tells us, like, hey, you can have bad thoughts about someone and you might as well go ahead and murder them. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. paraphrase, that's Brandy's version. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I feel like that goes right along with what you're saying. Like, hey, we can look perfect on the outside all day long, but mm-hmm. we haven't been transformed until our mind has been transformed. Right, and that's a lot of tension to live in. You know what I mean? Like, that's a stressful tension-filled place to live life. Mm. Yeah, it can either be like your worst enemy or your best friend. Mm. Depends. You want to conform or be transformed? Mm. You want it to work against you or work for you? Yeah. I thought about with uh, the idea of conforming. Another word for that would be comply. Um, And I think about ways in which I am tempted to conform and ways that I do conform. And I think the the motivation for conforming is fear. Like I'm afraid of um, 
what's going to happen if I don't conform. So you take, I mean, anything culturally in America, there's so many of them that we oftentimes don't even, don't even realize, like take working toward retirement or something like that. You know, every, everybody, everybody's trying to retire. I don't know how many years we're going to get to live after we've worked all of these years for retirement. And it's what's the motivation there to accumulate so much money? Fear of not having enough. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And you can tease that out through so many different things in our culture where where we just kind of go with the flow Mm -hmm. because that's what everybody else is doing. You're like giving me some PTSD PTSD to my teenage days because I think that describes everything that I was feeling then. It was fear that if I don't conform to what the culture around me is doing, I won't be accepted. That's right. I won't be liked. I won't be, you know, and so, yeah. And I think that gives me so much more empathy when I think of that as being fear-driven instead of just like, well, stop doing that. You know, don't worry about what other people think about you. Well, when I think and look at my daughter, when she becomes a teenager, I'll be able to have more empathy for that thinking through like, well, she's afraid. Mm-hmm. I can't just tell her to stop it. Right. <laughs> you know, that that's a counseling tool that doesn't work. <laughs> we have to get to the basis of that fear. And I need to remember to help her look back to Jesus and to truth and you know, what are the things that really matter? And mm-hmm. I don't know. I like that. It's good stuff. You know, I've been trying to do something that is probably difficult for every man that God has ever created, <laughs> and that is understanding my emotions mm. or being able to name them. Yeah. I'm normally just like, I'm angry. <laughs> I would agree, Tyler. That's difficult <laughs> for us to do. But, but when, we, when we look at any action that we do, it's motivated by some type of emotion. Mm-hmm which probably leads us to conform in some type of way. So being able to take a step back and to kind of see it, kind of like a coach is looking at the field. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think all of these things that we've talked about um, end this section with just a popular topic of knowing what God's will is, because we've talked about in view of God's mercy, offering our bodies as a sacrifice, not conforming to the world, renewing your mind. And so you do all those things or you you strive to get that right. And then you have the word then right in the middle. Like you then, if you get all that right and you understand it and you get that, then you're going to know God's will for your life, his good, pleasing and perfect will. And so often that's what we ask ourselves. Like we want to, what is God's will for me? What is God, like we can place so much emphasis and and priority and and just um, tension there as to know, did we get it right? But really in reality, Love Jesus. Like Ephesians 5 says, you know, understand my will is for you to be filled with the Spirit. Like, that's mm. it. Just be filled with the Spirit and not don't try so hard to do these things out of your own power and effort because that's not going to happen. Understand, you fill yourself with the Spirit, and that is God's will. When did God's will get so mystified? You know, like we have made out, like, what is God's will for my life? And we have made it this mystery that is impossible to figure out. When the more I am in scripture, the more I realize it is really laid out there for y'all. Y'all being me too. It's almost like we've, we, I as well treat God's will as like a degree path, Mm -hmm. you know? I mean, like, and that's a pattern of the world that we live in. If it's like, I've, 
I'm going in this direction. I'm going to study this, and this is what I'm going to do, and this decision is going to lead to this, and mm-hmm. this decision is going to lead to this. And, and it is not that. Yeah. Yeah. So when, I, w- I would say the early 1900s, <laughs> when did it become mystified? You can trace it back. <laughs> yeah, Henry Ford and the assembly line, the 40-hour work week. Uh. And it's like, oh, man, what I do is my calling for the rest of my life. Yeah. Well, hear us say clearly, guys, that it's really God's will for your life is that you pursue Him. Yeah. So for all the college students out the there, <laughs> you know, you're like, oh, is this what I'm going to do for the rest of my life? The answer is probably no. I'm not doing what I went to school for. Me. I got a degree in math. For real? I can barely count. <laughs> <Stop>. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> so yeah. Hey, everybody take a deep breath. It's not that serious. It is serious, but it's not that serious the way that we have made it. You know? Right. So, Brandy, uh, right above verse 9, mm-hmm. what is the title of that? <laughs> so I'm sure it's different in everyone's Bible, but in mine it says, The Marks of a True Christian. There it is. Yep. <laughs> the will of God for your life. Yeah, is that your Read life looks like these 20. things. Yep, yep. Well, guys, I think we are running out of time. So we enjoyed our time together. I'm glad to be back. This so was glad so you're fun back. today. I'm glad, glad that, you're back. I'm glad that yes. when I came to open the door, it wasn't locked or there was like a <laughs> note on the door saying, uh, We don't need you anymore. Yeah. No, never. Never, it, never. It happen. <laughs> so, hey, we love you guys. Thanks for tuning in. I hope this is a benefit to you, and we look forward to seeing you next time. Peace. Unschooled and Ordinary is an original podcast from Venture Church. While this podcast is great for individual study, the word really comes alive when we talk about it and apply it to our lives in house church. House churches are small groups of believers gathered in homes for a meal, scripture study, discipleship, and prayer in a trusted community of faith. They meet on Wednesday nights at 6.30 p.m. in homes throughout South Mississippi, and you can join anytime. To find a house church near you, visit venturechurch.org slash housechurch.